This is the Larry Society Podcast. Laugh about it, laugh about it, laugh about it. Most uncontrolled podcast in the world. Welcome back to another episode. I got my boy Max. Thanks for coming, brother. Thanks for having me, Nick. Of course. Super stoked to get on the podcast. 100%. It's your first one ever, huh? Yes, sir. First, yeah. first podcast yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, the last plans we had kind of went sideways. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was being a bitch. I was hungover. But uh, yeah, Max actually puts me on a lot of podcasts, so now Max will have his, now he's got his, his first, uh, popped his cherry with the podcast. But anyway, brother, yeah, Max is really one of my really good friends, someone that uh, definitely, you know, you want to surround yourself with winners, big time winner here. But uh, more importantly, though, he's like a good dude, and uh, we've been working together for almost a year now. So, dude, let's just kind of get right into it. But, uh, you know, we always like to start with a little bit of like uh, icebreakers or whatnot. So, dude, let's just, this full Max, what's up with the dogs here? Tell me about this. Max has been bitten by a dog before. So, maybe he has a perspective, but bro, I really think I can, if it came down to it, I could murk a couple dogs. What do you think? I mean, Nick, we're always talking about this on the doors. Obviously, we're door knockers. For yes. those of you who don't know, you, yes. uh, Solar guys. you go up to people's front door. You don't know what you're walking into. Most times out of not in some of the turfs we're at, they've got, you know, these big dogs that are barking behind gates and stuff. And Nick's always over here saying, oh, I just R3 this thing. Like, yeah, it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's a wrap. Yeah, but uh, honestly, I don't know, dude. I just feel like maybe I haven't been by a dog yet. I mean, Max has been like swooped up on one. Jack, like Tristan, like guys we work with on the team have been like literally like. Remember Tristan to go to the ER because he got his shit. Yeah, so well, bad. that's what I was talking about, dude. Yeah. You over here have this uh, idea of <laughs> what is the what's the thing? Two pit bulls versus you. Yeah, or? two pit bulls versus me. I easily think it's it's GGs for them. There's no way I lose, bro. <laughs> Well, here's what I'm thinking, okay? Like, dogs get crazy, right? Pit Pill's like, the, you know, the alpha dog, but they don't have opposable thumbs, bro. So what I do is I come in with one pit bull, boom, just right in the eyes. And then, so I take his eyes out. Then the other homie comes at me. Pit bulls are beasts, but the one thing they just get to is their jaws lock. So if they lock on you, bro, it's like, you know, good night. So I think I would do is I would, I would choke one out real quick. And then when the other one came at me, I would just like shove them down. And like, I don't know, I'd have to do what I have to do. I think you're assuming that I'm assuming you're close. taking one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know they don't have opposable thumbs, but yes. you know, they're pack animals and yes. I think they're gonna, you know, gang up on you. Yeah. I don't nice. think it's gonna be a fair fight yeah. where it's like you're moving through the levels of all right, I took the first one out, took yeah. the second one out. Mm -hmm. Now do I believe that I'm walking out from two pit bulls? One hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. One hundred percent. Am I gonna survive? I'm going to be tore up. I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. But the one thing you're not thinking about, bro, is the last time I got bit by a dog when I was a little kid, uh -huh. you got to take antibiotics, bro. Oh, yeah. So what happens if you catch the this nasty infection, bro? Rabies? Maybe yeah. you come out, you know, yeah. one piece, but... Yeah, if you're in some of these cities around here, like the good old Thermalito, like the dogs might be packing with some other with some other rabies. Types. They look pretty tough. Pretty <laughs> they're, pretty, they're pretty hungry too. This dude. isn't some normal like well taken care of pit bull. Yeah. This thing's like been what in about, the his whole life. What about coyotes? Bro? I feel like coyotes. That, those are little puppies, bro. Like there's so where I live in SoCal, there's a lot of coyotes. The other day I was like going out to like grab stuff. I literally just got home from see, to see me where I live. And I was unloading my car with all my shit in it. And I remember there was a coyote just staring at me. And I was staring back at him. And I like started walking towards it. And he like skimpered away. Coyotes, I feel like you could, I could probably take on like eight coyotes. Well, okay. Here's the <laughs> I'm always playing devil's advocate. Yes. Yeah. So isn't a, isn't a big thing out there in SoCal that the coyotes eat your dog? Yeah, eat your dog. So you think that you can take on the dogs. Yes. Okay, I get you. Right, pyramid but scheme, now, pyramid, big but pyramid now, scheme guy. 
you're taking on something that eats the dogs. Wouldn't yeah. that put the coyote at the next level? Oh. I mean, I don't yeah, know but I think it's got to be a little enough dog. When they come in packs, I don't know. I feel like I could, I could get down with some coyotes. Like they're already hungry. Well, maybe that makes them more vicious because they're like, dude, I'll die eating. You know, I'll die for this flesh. But I don't know, dude. I just think that uh, I don't know. I just like I'm not really scared of dogs, but. I feel like it's a respect thing, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you respect the dog, it respects you. you respect I feel the like if you uh, start getting all cocky around them, it's like, that's the second that... Uh, Dude, well, it's crazy because, like, animals can feel fear. Like, have you ever seen, like, if you're out in the wilderness, like, you see a fucking mountain lion, you're supposed to, like, stare it down and, like, act bigger. Like, they can smell the, like... Dude, they, you don't see mountain lions, bro. Mountain yeah. lions see you. They want to see bro. Yeah, I know. Dude, there's this video that went viral, actually. I don't know if you saw it. I'll send it to you. But it's so scary, dude. This dude's on a hike by himself, and the mountain lion's like, ah, like right in his face. And he's like, stop. And he's like, recording. He's like, holy fuck, I'm going to die. And he's like backing up, like with his back backed up. And the, like, you're the mountain lion, and he's him. And the mountain's like, ah. like, dude, it's it was sketchy, dude. It was sketchy. What's good, brother? Um, but anyway, dude, yeah, so fucking. But I agree with you. You're not going to outrun something like that. No, so it's no, not it's, it's a fight or flight. Yeah. If you dip, you're toast, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta at least square up with it. What yeah. the strategy is, I have no idea. Dude, I just think too, like on this little topic of fighting animals, <laughs> pet is coming from ass. But you know what they say if you see a shark in the water to punch it in the nose? Bro, come on now. Logically, a shark. His mouth's like this big. And you're moving super slow in the water, bro. I'm gonna go like this. She's gonna soul surf for my ass, bro. RIP my right leg or my right arm, bro. They're in their element, bro. Dude, and, but you know what they say? Cause sharks can't swim backwards. So if you see a shark, just like go a little crazy, go right behind his fins. Because yeah. I guess if they go backwards, they die. So, yeah, that's just a <laughs> big swimmer here. Just kidding. Big no, but swimmer. Anyway, brother, but <laughs> I always like to start that just up with just some, like, crazy stories going on. But anyway, brother, obviously, we both went with you solar. You've been doing it for a lot longer than me, um, and you've had a lot of success with it. What is, like, what's kind of, like, I know this is cliche, but it's always good to, like, start off. Like, what do you think uh, makes you successful and, like, kind of going along with, like, becoming financially independent? We were talking, obviously, yesterday when we were just hang- working together, um, but, like, First off, like, what do you think drives you to be successful? Like, what elements or reasons for it? Um, I think a common trend, like, listening to other content, other podcasts, is finding your why. And yeah. if your why doesn't make you cry, yeah. then it's not going to get you off the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'm always talking about in the meetings and with the guys and stuff is responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I heard this quote. And a lot of the stuff that you're going to hear from me is probably, you know, from other content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, is that what's the definition of becoming a man? Mm-hmm. And becoming a man is being responsible for someone other than yourself. Yeah. And so when you have that pressure of having a wife, having kids, having parents that you have to support, um, it makes it a whole lot easier. It doesn't give you another option out. Um, and you have to choose success. And so many people will well, I can't do this mm-hmm. because it's crazy versus looking at it the other way around. My mom and I were talking about this and she's kind of got a scarcity mindset is like with kind of voicing the goals I want to do for this year is, well, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. Whereas my mindset is I can't afford to not do that. Yeah, and when right. you make it not an option to find success and to choose success, it happens. And just being vocal about your goals putting it out there, keeping it top of mind. I know Nick does a really good job of like writing stuff out. Mm -hmm. Um, And just overall theme is just choosing success. 
um, and not giving yourself an option. So many people have the plan B. They don't burn the bridges. Right. Um, they can always fall back onto something else more comfortable. Um, but when you really go in all into something and don't have a plan B, it's a lot easier to uh, make it happen. Sink or swim. Yeah, dude. I think that's big too. I heard this, like I said to you, obviously a lot of this stuff that I said, well, just like being a sponge. Like, you know, you listen to so many podcasts and books, things just start sticking into your like long-term memory. But uh, Tyrese, uh, I think it's Gibson or whatever, the dude from uh, uh, Fast and Furious, the okay. uh, bald headed black dude. Anyway, he's a super successful like singer, actor, entrepreneur. But he says like, usually when you want to be successful, kind of along those lines of what you're saying with your mom telling you like, hey, you can't do this. Obviously, the thing is though, you guys have to understand is they're coming from a good place. They care. It's because they love you, but it's because they're scared. It's because they wouldn't do it. But with that being said, he said, whenever you try to do something that's you know extraordinary or out of the you know like out of the ordinary, the first people usually to tell you you can't do it are going to be your friends and family, the closest to you. And it's usually because they're coming from a good place as far as where they're what they're coming from a place of love usually. But the end of the day is they're the first ones to tell you you can't do it. Like. You know, I love my family. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna say who, but I have people in my family like really close to me that like when I tell them stuff, they're like, "Yeah, but what's the catch?" Or "Yeah, but you know, like solar's not gonna be around forever." And I'm like, the idea is not just solar. It's like they just don't believe that the money's real or that what I'm doing is like really that uh, beneficial. And I keep trying to tell them like, "Dude, take away the aspect of solar." I'm like, it's sales in general. It's like the man you're becoming, like working your ass off every single day. And for me, like you, Max has got his own house, like. He's about to have a wife. Like he's got a lot going on for him, a lot more responsibility than I have. But even in my life, I think about like, you know, all the people I need to provide for eventually. And even now, and I already think like, dude, like, I just feel like a lot of times when you're trying to be successful, it's like, I, I don't know if it's like a competition thing or whatnot, but a lot of people around you are going to tell you like, why are you working so hard or what's the point? Or like, why don't you just want to chill? And my mindset, like you said, is like, yeah, like you can't afford not to, like there's too much on the line to not be successful because I was talking to my buddies the other night about this and I'm like, dude, like regret is like the worst fucking thing someone can die with, you know, because you can't change it. Like I'd much rather try and fail and know what if, I mean, know that I did versus what if, because let's say I, you know, just make it simple. Talk to a cute girl at the, at the bar, whatever. She rejects me, she me, cool. At least I understood, like I learned something, right? Maybe I could say something better. Maybe it wasn't going to work out, whatever, but at least I know. You know, you have that clarity. And when you don't know, you're like, that what if? Like, oh, what if I would have got this job? What if I would have closed this sale? What if I would have helped this family out? What if I would have talked to that girl? You're never going to fucking know. You're going to drive yourself crazy. And so I think that's really important that you brought that up, dude, is because, yeah, it's like when you're trying to be successful, two things. One, you can't afford not to do it because the alternative is what? Be a loser forever and just, you know, be mediocre um, and just, you know, be it, it breeds insecurity. And then two is it's like your family's, you know, the people that are close to you a lot of times are going to tell you you can't do it, but you really just got to have tonal vision and surround yourself with people that want to see you succeed. So, yeah, two things good. that came to my mind when you uh, when you dropped those bombs was there's a quote of Bradley. there's the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Yes, and which of those hurts more? I don't know for sure, but I would take the pain of discipline every day over that yeah. pain of regret. 100%. I mean, especially with the opportunity that we have. Um, in the industry that we're in, how shitty would it be to look back 10 years from now and say, I didn't give it my all or I didn't even go out and try. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that the people who did succeeded and not being a part of that. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that you brought up about usually the first people to tell you that you can't or whatever it is, is your family and loved ones, the people that are close to you. Yeah. And something that I did from 
probably 18, when I didn't really have all my stuff together, was I, I just cut everyone out. Yeah. I isolated myself. I only allowed people in that fueled my fire. And it got really lonely. Mm-hmm. And something that I've learned is obviously cut the toxic people out. Yeah. But there's a difference between toxic people and people who have insecurities that they project on you out of love. Yes. And so cut the toxic people out. But a way to not just completely isolate yourself because it's a balancing act. Yeah. You don't want to just be by yourself. You need community and all of that 100%. is just to not share as much. Yeah. So for example, with like my family, my mom, my dad, my grandma, all of yeah. them, the reason that they're saying I can't is because deep down they have an insecurity in themselves knowing that they can't right. and they don't think that if they can do it, that I can do it. Right. And it's not out of a place of like hate. Yes. There are people who do that. But it's more out of a place of love where it's like, well, I don't want Max to fail. I don't want to see him go through all this struggle and come out with nothing. And you just share less. Mm -hmm. And that's a kind of hack for the audience to, for people trying to recreate themselves to not have to cut out family is just to share less. Don't be as vocal with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Go out and do it. Get results. Build conviction in yourself. And eventually there's going to come a point where it's like, Oh shit, he is doing it. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is onto something. Maybe he can do it. And it's not about proving it to other people, it's about proving it to yourself. And just that's just a little hack for the audience right yeah. there. Dude, that was huge. I mean, just calling out that brought up two more points I just thought about. I know you, you know Jordan Peterson. If you guys don't know him, you should check him out. He's like world renowned, like psychologist, um, written a ton of great books. Check out his one book, Twelve Rules for Life. It's really good. But anyway, he talks about he has this really thing, really good um quote or an idea and he says be careful who you share good news with be careful who you share bad news with because if you share someone with good news with someone and they genuinely aren't happy for you what's that gonna do it's gonna like kind of take the little excitement off right you go tell let's say someone that's like your boy that's they could they honestly doesn't want to see you succeed and you tell him like dude i just made all this money and he's like oh cool dude or well you know how many people do you have to rip off to get that like it's gonna burn your fire out and the reverse is be careful you share bad news with because there's a lot of people that want to see you lose and like See, I told you, bro, like it wasn't going to work out. And so what he says is like you need to be careful with who you're, you're um, sharing good news and bad news with because at the end of the day, like whether you're into spirituality or just a realist, the end of the day is like energy is real. Like this kind of shit you're putting out, like it comes back to you in different forms. So you want to make sure you're expanding and sharing your energy only with people that are lighting your fire because there's a lot of people that are going to suck energy out of you, a lot of negativity and pessimistic people. So I thought that was huge. Um, he kind of brought that up. But then the other thing that, that I talked about or that I thought about, which was um, something I've been reading, it's called The Art of Persuasion. It's a really good book too. Um, and what it talks about is there's two, basically there's two main, I guess, what's the word, ideas that people react on. It's either on emotion or logic. But what's crazy is nine, more than you think, about 99% of people are reacting on emotion. Even if you say I'm reacting logically, most of the time you're acting on emotion. When they break it down is there's two kinds of emotion. There's reactions and there's responses. The best way they put it in the book is, think about when you go to a doctor, right, and you break out in hives. What do they say? Your body reacted, you know, uncontrollably to this medicine. Think about when you take a medicine that's making you better, like you're sick and you're taking some prescription and it makes you better. They say your body's responding well to it. So what's cool about it is the simple way to break it down is reactions are instant. It's something you don't think about. It's you're at the bar, someone shoves you, you swing on them or you cuss them out, right? You're... You're talking to your girlfriend or boyfriend and they say something you don't like and you start arguing. That's reacting. You're not. You're acting with emotion. You're not lo- breaking down logically. Responding is taking the time. 
let's say for example someone says something you don't like to you right and it frustrates you let's say for example you're talking to your buddy and he's saying like yeah you know what this job you're doing is fucking stupid instead of reacting and saying you don't know shit dude responding like you know what man like i don't agree with what you're saying i understand where you're coming from but like you know like we can agree to disagree and taking time away before you actually go into depth because a lot of times i mean shit nine times out of ten when i react to something i usually regret it when i instantly react but when you respond, you're able to dissect it, understand why do you feel the way you're feeling? How can you adjust it? What is their perspective? You talked about devil's advocate earlier. What are they thinking that made them say this or that to come across in this way? And then you take your ego out of it. The big thing the book talks about a lot is, I mean, we all have an ego. Even if it's a small ego or a big ego, we all have an ego. And when it's attacked, you're much more likely to react to emotion versus respond with logic. And so I just took that. I was like, dude, that's a fat nugget because there's so many times I'm just reacting. But... Yeah, and I think yeah. that goes into a trend that I've been trying to do a little bit better with um, of managing impulsivity. Yeah, that's And huge. so when someone says something like, oh, what you're doing is stupid, it's emotion. And yeah. I totally agree with you that most people, they think emotionally and then try and justify it with logic. Yes, And just huge. taking that time, like you said, before getting into an argument, before responding – is to just manage impulsivity, and that's really important in all areas of life. Um, how many of us have said, "Hey, we're not going to go out and drink tonight," and then you just take a shot an hour later, and then it's like yeah. it's like it's a lot easier to come up with that beforehand versus like, "Hey, I'm just going to go over to Nick's house and see what happens," yeah. and then right there, boom! Now I'm starting to drink. Yeah. Now I'm starting to do other stuff. Yeah. And it's like so easy to make those split second decisions mm -hmm. versus like, "Hey, let's think this through. Let's take some time." Yeah. Let's not rush into stuff. Yeah. I think that's big too. And what that kind of goes on as well, it's like the more structured you are in your life, like the less time you have for bullshit. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I always say on this podcast, I'm not a fucking monk. Like literally have fun. You know, life is short. You want to enjoy, you want to experience things, drink with your friends. I'm not saying don't drink. I'm not saying don't go out. There's a time and a place for it. But what Max, and I agree with what he's kind of getting at here is it's like, you want to, at the end of the day, you want to make sure that the more you have structure for your day, the less time you have to just fuck around, to be quite frank. Like, when I wake up, I write before I go to bed every night, I have my day written out from the time I wake up to the time they go to bed. Now, on average, I probably get 70 to 75% of what I need to get done that day, but that's fine. I'll take that versus hitting, you know, 10%, just wondering what if, what should I do today? But what that does is, let's say, for example, you know, today's Sunday, but this was Saturday, let's say, you know, you had a thing and said, like, don't drink, you know, go to the gym, wake up at this time, read this many pages, exercise, do this workout, come home, do the dishes, do your laundry, you have everything laid out, right? And you put your thing, in, on your notes yesterday or on your to-do list and you says like no alcohol and be in bed by 11.30. Well, if Matt texts me, hey Nick, you want to go to the bar? For one, I said I wasn't going to drink and two, let's say it's 11 o'clock. Well, if I go to the bar, now I'm fucking up my goal for the day and the second thing is now I'm staying up later. But the big thing is at the end of the day, the lists aren't what makes someone like grow. It starts with the list but it's more the character it builds in that self-discipline we talked about, right? The pain of discipline versus the pain of uh, regret. I'd much rather be like, fuck, I want to go out tonight, but I'll wait till next week. Put it off a little bit for, for negative aspects like that. And the reward you feel in the morning waking up like today, yesterday we had a buddy, it was his birthday. I wanted to go out, but I was like, dude, you know, I went out already on Friday. You know, I didn't feel the best. We got after it on the doors. You know, I was able to go to the gym. It takes that much more effort to get things going again. But once I did, I felt really good today waking up sober, like clear headed doing this podcast with you. And it's like, yeah, I kind of wish, I, 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 I don't wish, I would have been nice to go out last night, but I would have just spent more money, would have fucked up my mental health a little bit more, would have been more hungover, would have felt like shit today versus 
not going out, still getting after it. And I think the big thing is, I don't want to ramble on, but one last thing on this is the energy it takes. It's think about momentum, right? Like, you know, you do the, you know, you work out every day, you're staying sober, you're reading, you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You do that for a week or two, right? You're building so much momentum. And then you go out for one night, you get hammered. You spend all this money, you eat shit food, you wake up hungover, you sleep in. What does that do to that snowball? It stops it. And then what do you got to do? It takes, yesterday took so much effort, bro, for me to go knock in the rain and then go to the appointment and then go to the gym with Jack after, but I did it, but it took so much effort because I hit that, I hit that wall and that's what the repercussions were for going out. So, and I think on that, on that note, just when I hear Nick talking about writing out his goals, writing out what he's going to do tomorrow, really the theme behind that is being intentional Mm -hmm. And don't let life happen to you. Let life happen for you. And when you take control of your life and start living for a purpose, it's a lot easier to keep moving forward. If you just like wake up every day and just like wing it, like what results do you expect to get? Just being intentional, like living for a purpose and like kind of going into financial freedom off of that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Is trying to think of where I was going with that is so many people chase money. Yeah. And when you chase money, when you chase women, when you chase clout, it never comes. Right. Chase impact. Mm-hmm. And the second that you say, hey, I want to go change someone's life, good stuff starts to happen. The universe is weird to where you cannot provide more value and get less compensation, less clout, less women, all of that. Yeah. Just be a good person. Go do the right things. Go change homeowners' lives. Go change people in your family's life. Go yeah. change people around you. Um, and something I heard is like, if I can go help 10 people make $100,000 a year, I'll make a million. Yeah. And it's like so many people try and say, how can I go make this money? How can I go do that? Just chase impact. Mm-hmm. And if you start gamifying it and say, I just want to become the best version of myself, I just want to help everyone around me win. Good things start to happen. Yeah. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. So many people are chasing the wrong things. Go chase impact. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. It's like the law of attraction, but not just like the foo-foo spirituality, but it's like literally, dude, if you're attracting the right things, you're you're giving out, you know, law of intent is also huge. Why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing sale or, you know, are you doing solar just to make money or are you doing it to help families? Are you, you know... Are you talking to this homeowner just to go in and close a deal? Or are you talking to them because, hey, they actually spend way too much and I might be able to actually help their financial situation? Cool thing about it, it kind of goes hand in hand. I think it was like Zig Ziglar that said it, another billionaire. <laughs> but he says, if you help enough people get what they want in this world, you can get what you want. 100%. But what goes with it that's very, very important because I feel like when people talk about sales, what does everyone think? Manipulation. The cool thing about this book, Art of Persuasion, is there is a huge difference between persuasion and manipulation. Manipulation is getting someone to do something that you want for your own benefit. Persuasion is getting something, getting someone to do something that they want, you want, for their benefit. Helping them out. Persuading someone like, for example, let's just make easy solar. Yes, at the end of the day, it's a job. We make money. But if you're persuading someone to get into the home, talk to the family, show them their PG and Evo, and you're persuading them to go solar, and it ends up saving them forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars over the you know the span of the system. You just persuaded them to do something that you knew was going to benefit them that's now going to help them. Manipulation would be, hey, you know, I think you should buy this watch here. It's honestly the best watch ever and it's broken and now you're manipulating them to buy something that's actually not going to benefit them and you're going to make money off it. And that's when it all ties back into the law of intent. It's like, why are you doing this? But the cool thing about it is with all these sales books I read, they always want to make, like the page one in all these books say, it's persuasion, not manipulation. Persuasion is coming from a good place. It's like, 
I have knowledge that you don't yet know. Let me explain to you why it's going to help you. Okay, I'm persuading you for the right reasons. Manipulating is, hey, I know this is unethical and I know that I'm going to benefit and you're going to get fucked over. Do what I say and just trust me and it'll all work out, but it's not. So that was big too. Well, and I think on that note too, something we talk about a lot is conviction. Yes. And it's really hard to build conviction in something that's shitty. Yeah. And human beings are really good. And Nick talks about this all the time about nonverbal communication. Right. Human beings as a species are really good at a just kind of seeing who's real and who's fake. Yeah. And people can sniff out when your intentions aren't for them. Mm-hmm. And if you're just a genuinely good person who's there trying to help them, they're going to pick up on that. Yeah. And I think going into manipulation versus persuasion, it's like either forcing someone onto the boat or making the boat the best boat there is and they want to hop on with Exactly. You. That's huge. That's a great analogy. Sorry. Good. No. That's- no that was, yeah. But um, exactly. I mean, yeah. Then it's like, the cool thing about this job is like, to me, sometimes like we always talk about, like Max always says like in the meetings when we talk about, it, like sometimes a job seems surreal because it's like, not only do we, you know, we benefit financially, you know, well from the shop, but it's like, well, you're literally on the doors, just having fun, talking to your friend, meeting new people and like giving people an opportunity that they didn't have before because not to get too salesy, but the bottom line is wherever you live for the most part in, in California, at least there is only one option, whether it's PG&E or, you know, SDGE or Edison. So it's like people are getting charged all this money. They don't have, it's a monopoly. Like you always talk about, they don't have another option. So what's cool about us is it's like, we're able to say, hey, it, does, it might not even make sense for you, but if it does, here's another option, just something to look at. It's like if you could only buy Hondas, all you could buy is Hondas, the car, and they could charge you whatever they want. And then someone said, hey, I have a Toyota. You want to check this out? You know, you can stick with Honda if you want, but here's at least another option you didn't have. It's like giving people freedom. And the cool thing about solar is it gives, it's like a win, win, win. It's like you're giving people freedom, you're helping the earth go green, and you're getting financial freedom as well. And you're helping families save thousand dollars, which gives them more financial freedom. So it's a really cool job. And sometimes, like you said, like you talk about off camera, it seems surreal because it's like, you know, this is just, you know, trying to transition a little bit, but it's like the gratitude I have for like the team we have, the people that I surround myself with. Like, it's just crazy to me sometimes. Like we get to make all this money, help people save all this money and really grow as a human being. Like no matter what you do in life, Grant Cardone talks about it. You know, I'm a big GC fan. Um, he always talks about is like, no matter what you do, everything in life is sales. You and your girl want to go to dinner. It's a sale. Uh, do you want to go here? Or do you want to go here? Well, I don't want to go here. Well, what are the benefits going there? Why don't we go here? You know, you want to go cut the line. What's, you know, what's a sale? Hey man, I, I got to go pick up my kid from soccer practice. Anyway, I can sl- slide in front of you. That's a sale. You know, literally anything you want. You don't want to do the dishes. Your roommates want to do the dishes. Fuck my roommates. I never do the dishes, but it's a sale. Like why, why are you trying to get them? You know, what's the, what's your motive behind it? And you know, there's always going to be a negotiation. Your kid wants to go to bed at 8 PM. But you told them you're going to bed at seven. Everything's a sale. So what's cool is no matter what you do in life, what this job has really helped me find out and what Max Max has taught me a lot in this job, is a freaking a cornerstone for my success with um, sales, is learning like um, basically that everything is sales in life. And no matter what you do, take away solar, it's like you're going to need it for the rest of your life. And the more that you get it, the more you can understand people and persuade them and understand people on how to you know counteract. Like, oh, if they say this, then I should say this. If they're frustrated here... Let me respond instead of react and understand from their shoes. So I think you do a really good job of that, Max, is understanding another person's side of perspective and why they're thinking the way they do. Like you always play devil's advocate because sometimes it's hard, bro. Like the ego's big. Like you don't want like, nah, fuck, he's wrong. Like, you know, two plus two is four. I don't know why this idiot's saying five. You know, yeah. obviously that's super, um, what do you call it, generic. But there's sometimes there's a lot of gray area in life and I feel like 
taking the time to understand someone's perspective will give you just that much more responsibility and understanding to be like, oh, okay, now I see where you're coming from. Let me say it in this way. Maybe it'll make more sense to you. Yeah, and going on to something you were saying about how solar is a win-win-win, just a hack for sales is, and in life in general, and leadership, and one of the goals I wrote down for 2022, this time last year with Christian, was I want to provide more value than I'm compensated for. Mm -hmm. Say that one more time. Provide more value than you're compensated for, whether that's with the homeowner. Mm -hmm. Hey, Will you pay me $5,000 to save you $100,000? Anyone in their right mind will do that every day of the week. There's a $95,000 upside for them. Whether it's with a team, provide more value than you're compensated for. And it goes back into what I said about the universe. It's impossible for you to grow exponentially by that. If you do stuff that you're not paid to do and go the extra mile for reps, for homeowners, good things are going to happen to you. It's impossible if you provide more value than you're compensated for yeah. to fail. And another thing, I think it was Zig Ziglar, I apologize if it's not him, is make your product or service worth more than people's money. Mm-hmm. If they don't feel like what they're buying is worth more than what they're giving, they'll never do it. Mm-hmm. And so for solar, they're willing to do it because there's only upside. And so a hack for sales is whatever industry or product or service you're doing, make your product a win-win-win. Nobody wants to pay to lose. Yeah. And if you can make it a win for everyone involved, Mike O'Donnell always says it. Find a product that sells itself and take all the credit. Yeah. Makes a win-win-win in every situation and you will find success. Massive success. 100%. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I think too, it's also, with, with to go into it a little bit, it's like to being transparent. Like we always talk about it. Because sometimes people say it's too good to be true, and like it is, like literally it is right now. It is like things are changing. We talked about in April, but we'll, we'll won't go too solar in it. But basically, it's like if you can help someone understand, yeah, this is literally too good right now. Here's exactly why. The more transparent you are with someone, the more honest you are, the more you can help them see through your lens. That's when I think it clicks. Because like when you tell someone there's no money down, it's literally um, half the what is about half of what you're spending now. It never goes up. You get a tax credit. People are like, what's the fucking catch? We're like, the catch is you got to qualify. And the catch is it's not going to be like this forever. That's why so many people are going solar now. It opens their eyes up. And so I think just like with anything, sometimes it's like everyone understands. Like, you know, if you guys read the book, um, Think You Grow Rich, which is like literally like the Bible of all success, I feel like. Um, they talk about like something for nothing doesn't exist. Like there's always going to be a transaction to sale no matter what. So if you have them understand like, well, look, you're, act- you're still going to pay money. But you're paying a lot less and you're getting all these benefits. The reason why is, I mean, pick your pick your reason. There's so many reasons for it. Global warming, you got that's why solar is being incentivized. You know, tax credit, government wants you to go, you know, whatnot. The PG rates just keep rising anyway, so you don't have an option. And then like there's just like pick your poison. Like however you want, there's so many ways that you can benefit from it. And making those people understand it, I think that's what gets the most sales, is just being transparent. Because I feel like a lot of salesmen, our team is phenomenal, our company doesn't do this, that we don't have this problem. But I've seen it um, just out and about is like a lot of people try to be shady about it. Like, yeah, you know, you know, you save all this money, any product, you save all this money. It's free. It's free. Yeah. Or like, don't, it's going to change your life. There's no downside. Literally, there's no way we can hurt your situation. And it's like, dude, there's always got to be a catch. So I think the more transparent you are, like, hey, when, we're, when we are on the doors, it might not make sense for you. You guys might not qualify. It, you might not even need it. But let's at least show you what we have. And then you guys can go up from there. So what it does is you're, it's called eight mile on the objection. Max time is, it's like. You bring up the downside before they can. 
Because for one, what's that do? It builds credibility. It makes you more of an honest fucking person. And three, it's like, hey, I'm a human too. Like, dude, it might not make sense for you. I'm not going to tell you it is. But since we're in the neighborhood, let's just see if the product it can benefit you. And if it can, balls in your court. I mean, you're not forced to get solar. You can think about it. But I guarantee if it's going to save you money and make your situation better, you're probably going to do it. And so what it does is it allows the person to be in control. Persuasion goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know it's going to help them. You're opening their eyes with their lens, but they're able to see, oh, shit, this is going to help me out. Manipulation is when it doesn't make sense for them and you force down their throat. I mean, me and, me, me and Max have been in plenty of homes where, like, for one reason or another, they, people have wanted it, but they fail credit. Like, they're like, dude, please. And we're like, I'm sorry. Like, we can't do anything. Like, it's, I'm sorry. Like, you know, the ball drops here. So, um, and there's other What Nick's talking about right there is a really important thing for people who are in sales to understand is a takeaway. Yes. And a takeaway legitimizes the offer. Um, the reason it legitimizes the offer, and don't use some bullshit takeaway. Yeah. Make it something real. Maybe you don't get enough sun on your roof. Yes. This is all solar specific. Yeah. You're doing anything in life. Yeah. Maybe you don't pass credit. Maybe it's not going to save you money. Yep. And these are all the things that they're thinking in their head. And when you bring it up before they do, like Nick says, it builds credibility, it builds trust, and it most importantly builds curiosity. Mm-hmm. And you got your foot in the door. Exactly. It just, yeah, it just gets the ball rolling. And I think, too, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to touch on too much longer, but the law of intent. It's like when you're on the doors, the first thing I do when I talk to someone, like you got to, you got to read nonverbals like Max was talking about. Like reading nonverbals are so huge because no matter what you're doing in life, and this is what I talk about when we say sales, like don't think about this for those that aren't in sales. It's like, yeah, this is going to apply to me. It's like, it's anything, dude. You talk to a girl, like, you know, you're trying to get a new job. You're literally, you know, trying to convince your friends to go to this bar instead of that one. Like anything you do is all starts, I think with nonverbals. But when as soon as I knock a door and someone comes out, obviously I match their energy. If they're happy, I'm happy. If they're like, what's up? I'm straightforward. You got to know how to, you know, be like a chameleon, play the cards you're dealt. But it's like, at the end of the day, I'm so, in my mind, I am so, I have so much belief and conviction, like Max was saying, about what we're doing, that I know that I'm like, dude, there's no way, honestly, that I can, what I'm doing is shady or unethical because I've seen firsthand how many people it's helped. So when I go to the doors, I already just feel that energy of like, dude, I can, this is a potential person I can help. It might not help them, but it's a potential person I might be able to help. And then when you're on the doors, the more you believe in something, right, the more you're willing you are to go push for it, the farther you are, you're willing to push the envelope, the more you're willing to lay up, like sacrifice and whatnot, because you can see the benefit. I think the hardest thing about any sales job is in the beginning, especially because we're we're commission only. Like it's a sink or swim. We want to talk about plan A only. Like, dude, you can knock doors all day, every day for four months and you don't get a deal. Like, sorry, nothing. But inevitably law of practice you are going to make sales because of the work you put in but anyway it's like i understand it's like i'm you know the hardest part about sales in the beginning is not knowing like dude you know when are the checks going to come how am i going to get better at this but if you just stick with something long enough you'll just start to you know residuals you'll just start to see the benefit of it like the more time around the doors the better you get the more podcasts you read like max and christian were the first ones to tell me about podcasts and like virtual training and it's like the more time you're spending on your craft it's the law of practice. It's inevitable you're going to get better at it. So, Well, to kind of pivot into financial freedom too yep. is so many people want to ask, well, what's the best investment for, to me, for me to make? What's yeah. the best ROI? What's this? What's that? And the one thing I learned in 2022 is the best investment you can make is in yourself. Yeah. And so many people are trying to make a 5%, 8%, 10%, 15% return on their money, but nobody's taking the time to truly invest in, their, in, in themselves. Mm-hmm. And... I think in a, an analogy to use, not to sound like Rudy, 
Um, yeah, shout out my boy Rudy. Shout out Rudy. Yeah. Um, I think it was Alex Ramosi who said it. Uh-huh. Is I can't remember the name yeah. of the people who draw the blood. Mm-hmm. You can go pay a thousand dollars to get a certificate, yeah. and you can go from having a minimum wage job of like let's just call it fifteen bucks an hour to making twenty five. Mm-hmm. Any day of the week that makes sense. Would someone spend a thousand dollars a year to make? Twenty thousand or a thousand dollars to make twenty more thousand dollars a year. Yeah. It's a no brainer, and so many people don't invest in themselves. Whether it's paying for coaching, whether it's paying for training, um, and really the world we live in is pay to play. And if you want to be successful, find someone that you want to be like and emulate it. Mm-hmm. Go do what they're doing. You can go white knuckle any industry, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Pay the money to go learn from the best people. Pick their brain, see what they're doing, and go implement it. Yeah. And the problem nowadays is that there's so much information out there, people just aren't taking action. Yeah. Go out and implement something. Yeah. What is that saying? It's so cheesy. You miss a, th- a hundred shots that you don't take. Yeah. You're on, yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think that's. I mean, then it's like, dude, success leaves clues. It's like, dude, what what I've just tried to do in my little beginner life of entrepreneurship and sales and success is like. You know, successful people get up early. Now, I'm not getting up crazy early compared to like a lot of people, especially, but college, you know, compared to relative, actually, I don't even compare, but it's like I'll try to get up at like 7 30. And then, you know, every six months, I'll go, I'll cut back like 15 minutes. I'll try to go like 7 15 and 7. What else do, you know, successful people do? They take cold showers. So I take a cold shower in the morning. What else do successful people do? They read. So I read. What else do successful people do? They, um, they surround themselves with winners. So it's like, dude, being successful is simple. It's not easy. I always say this. It's very simple, though. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know what you're doing. Everyone knows what they're doing that's wrong. Like, fuck, I should go to bed all this time, and you don't. You know, you fucked up. Uh, I, should, I shouldn't go to the bar night. You go to the bar night, you fucked up. You know, it's like, it's very simple. It's not easy. It takes a lot of self-discipline, like you talked about. But you start to learn, like, oh, shit. Like, if I just start cutting these things out, like, my life's inevitably going to get better. But the other thing you talked about, that I thought was good was with, with financial freedom is the other thing is just so much it's now it's never been easier to be rich like there are so many fucking ways to get money it doesn't have to be sales you can do drop shipping you know there's you know you can even you know invest there's crypto there's and like there's a million and one ways to be successful and make money um, and the thing is I just think so many people are lazy now I'm like if you literally just spent like an hour a day researching any market this be, it could be something as random as like making cups or fucking a fertilizer or whatever like there is so many ways to make money and it's like social media can be god or the devil depending on how you use it and i know for the majority of us me included like i say i'm not fucking perfect i use a lot of times as like just dm you know talking to girls or spending watching bullshit golf videos and whatnot but you can use it the right way to network to market like shout out mikey lucas like there's ways to build your brand your credibility and to network the end of the day it's like it's all about max talks about like yeah, it's good. To, you want to get rid of the toxic people in your life, but you don't want to isolate yourself completely because then it's lonely. Like the human beings are wired to make connections. We're wired to make friends, you know, find love, build relationships, build friendships, build families. And so if you can network correctly, you can use social media as one of the best avenues to find and tap into all this other success. And like, think about it, dude, uh, how to fix a car. You can literally just Google it, YouTube it, boom. And how to fix, you know, fix a thermostat. How to make $1,000 in a month. Whoa, there's 800 different videos that come up. So it's just cool because it's like, this is just kind of a, a wake-up call to anyone that's like hasn't figured it out yet. It's like, you don't have to do sales. You don't have to do door-to-door. But if you want to make money, honestly, and money's a goal, I know, like I said, ha- happiness is different for every person, but I know for a lot of people, we want financial freedom. 
it's like, dude, just research a little bit, read a little bit. Like your brain, you'll just start thinking about things differently. You know, you are who you're about. You surround yourself with your environment. You know, so it's like it rubs off on you. And a really easy hack of how to find success is do the things that make you uncomfortable. Yes. If something makes you comfortable or it's easy, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. And Nick always talks about like the easy dopamine. Mm. Go do all the things that you don't want to do and see what happens. Yeah. The toughest things in life are usually the best things for you, whether mm. that's knocking on doors, whether that's running appointments, whether that's whatever it is in your life, eating healthy, going to the gym, waking up early. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty easy way to find success. Do yeah. everything that you don't want to do and see the man you become. Yeah. yeah it, it builds that like, you know, that scar tissue in your brain. Like, oh, I just do this. Like, I don't care how I feel. We talk about feelings versus logic. Like, Logically, you know, everyone knows. You go to the gym every day, you get more shit, right? But what, how we do? What do you act on emotion? Fuck, I'm tired today. Oh, I got shit to do. You, you know, you start rationalizing excuses. And another faggy nugget takeaway that I heard from reading this book, Art of Persuasion, is it says, think about rationalize is rational lies. So when you rationalize something, you're giving yourself rational lies to why you don't need to do it. It's like fucking good. So like, you know, like for example, it's 10 o'clock at night. We knock doors. We had appointments all day. I haven't hit the gym yet. I start rationalizing why I don't need to go to the gym. Well, I mean, it's rational. Well, I, I've worked all day. I made money. It's fucking late. I'm tired, right? It's rational, but you're lying to yourself. Quit fucking lying to yourself. The bottom line is logically, dude, go to the gym. Go to the gym for 20 minutes. You're going to feel better. So I was like, dude, that's pretty big though. Rationalize is just another way of saying you're rational lies. You can lie to everyone, but never lie to yourself. Yep. The second you start lying to yourself, it's over, man. Yeah, 100%. It's like Matthew McConaughey says, like, I don't care who you sleep with or how many people you're sleeping with. We all go to bed alone at night. Like, when you close your eyes, like, you're in your own head. Like, you know, did you do the best you could do? You know if you screwed people over. You knew if you lied. You knew if you were bullshitting yourself. You knew if you had resentment that day. And uh, it's true. It's because it's like, you know, the more discipline you do, the, the better you're going to feel. Like, dude... After a, sh- a long workout, you know, I get up early and I sh- take a cold shower and I read my pages and I knock the doors in the rain and I go to bed on time. When I lay in bed at night, I feel so fucking good because I'm like, no one's making, that's the best part about it is like, you played sports as well, Max, so you know, and I know a lot of our listeners out there have played sports as well, or maybe you still are, but when I got out of high school, the one thing for me that was like a culture shock was I no longer had a coach or a reason to like have that level of discipline. Yeah. I was like, dude, I can't fuck around all day. I honestly started smoking weed. I was flo- I almost I came this close to dropping out of college. As I talked about before, yes, I know I am with school. If you're going to school, that is great. There's nothing against school, but you know, it, Shout it's out not to Nick for making it through. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I, I almost didn't. I almost didn't make it, but I was trying to find my purpose and my why. And it's like progress is the ultimate form of happiness. And so once I got in like sports broadcasting, and then I found golf, and then I found sales. Like I found a new fire. But the big thing is, it's like. At the end of the day, I mean, once you get out of high school, unless you're like in the military, like, dude, you don't really, it's so easy to coast through life, but it's like, you're lying to yourself. Like the end of the day, no one's going to come save your ass. That's always a great quote. So when people say, no one's fucking coming to save you. I don't care if it's your mom, your dad, no one's going to want it as bad as you need to want it to change your life. And if you can understand like, dude, I am my own coach. Like Nick Federico says, get up at this time. Nick Federico gets up. Nick Federico says, knock doors for this long. Nick Federico does it. And so it's, uh. It's really, it's hard at times, but like Max was hammering on it earlier. It's just like discipline is is the key to success. There is no magic formula. There's no shortcut, bro. Well, all these people want to find motivation, but yeah. there's no such thing as motivation. Yeah. Motivation lasts 30 seconds yeah. at the end of the day. It's just doing the things that you tell yourself you're going to do day in and day out. And that's what builds conviction in yourself. Yeah. If you tell yourself you're going to go do X, Y, Z and don't do it, 
you're losing conviction in yourself. Mm -hmm. One of the goals I set for this last year also was when I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to do it. Mm -hmm. Because previously in my life, I was always that guy who, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And it would be impossible for me to do everything. Mm -hmm. But I was always the yes man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And it got to the point where it's like, well, is this fool really going to do it? Mm -hmm. And so just being that to other people, but most importantly yourself, don't say something if you're not going to do it. If you right. know, hey, I can't go pick up the dog because I've got three appointments. Mm -hmm. It's physically impossible to be in Red Bluff at this time, Yuba City in that time, and then <laughs> come back to Chico. Don't say you're going to do it. Right. And a little hack is just every time you say something – do it and you're going to build more conviction in yourself. You're going to become more confident yeah. in your ability as a human and your ability in sales, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. That's what builds confidence and conviction. And the more small wins you stack, you build momentum like Nick's saying. Yeah. And it gets to the point where you, when you think you, when you, you just know you're able to do it. Yeah. hundred percent. dude. Yeah. Dude, this has been a phenomenal podcast. And honestly, this, we got to get more of these, but we're just spewing it. I love you. You gotta, you gotta start yourself with people with like minds and every time with Max, you just feel like, there's always like a, a spark, like you know, you just you want to you want to continually surround yourself with the people that are doing what you want to do. You know, it'll always push you forward. And like Max says that too. Max trainers, Mikey Lucas is like, you know, he's doing what Max wants to do one day, and then you know, you just want to keep climbing up the ladder. But to wrap it up here, Max, um, kind of like we kind of we talked about so many different things. It's phenomenal. But I guess what would you say is like your main driving force, or like finding what what basically was like. Your why. What's your why? I'll just make it simple. Like, what's your why and why do you do what you do? And what's going to propel you to continue to do what you do at higher rates? So my why has changed over the years. Yeah. Um, but originally, I lived to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. And I want everyone in the audience to know that it's not too late for you. Mm -hmm. I don't care what position you're in, what family you were born to, where you live, whatever it is, it's not too late. You can go live the life of your dreams. Um, if... I would have, if someone would have told me where I am today, five years ago, yeah. I would have said, you're lying. You're no, high. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a little bit of history on me is, gosh, is it five years? Five years ago, I was in a horrible place. I failed out of school. I got kicked out. Didn't make it more than six months in college before getting kicked out. I was doing all the wrong things. I, I was high all the time. I was drunk. I didn't care about anything. And basically hit rock bottom. I burned almost every relationship, whether it was friends, family. I was in a bad spot. And just proving people wrong has been my why to get me where I am now, and it's changed. And sales, the beautiful thing is, is it's on you. You can go make it happen. And you get to write your own paycheck. And that's why it's so important for the audience to understand that if you want to find massive success, you have to change your mindset from trading your time for money. It's impossible. We Time is the only thing that none of us have unlimited of. Yep. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. So you have to go find something that you can leverage your time. If you make 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 an hour, you only have so many hours in a day to trade for that money. Yep. And if you can go make it happen and go make two, three, four, five thousand dollars in a day. It's way more scalable. And that's the nugget right here to find success is you have to do something entrepreneurial to break out of the matrix or whatever you want yeah, to call it. Right. So many people are just in program to Monday through Friday, I work from nine to five, I drive over here, I clock in, I leave. And it's like in order to find massive success and build something really special, you have to take a risk and take a bet on yourself. 
And if you're not in the position to bet on yourself yet, that's totally fine. Read books like Nick says. Surround yourself by the right people. Cut the toxic people out. Just oh, Sales is a game of overall self-development. Yeah. And just become the best version of yourself. Chase impacts and the results will come. And over the years, my why has changed from you know, back in the day when I had nothing to now having a little bit of success, it's give yourself a reason to go out and do it. Don't give yourself an option to fail. We all have the same, everyone's born the same and you're naked. You don't have any money. You don't have any relationships other than your mom and dad. Um, go out and make it happen, dude. You can either go live an insignificant life or you can go do something special yeah. and just let life happen for you, not to you. Be intentional with your time. Leave an impact. Build a legacy. Um, and just go go for it. Don't be scared to fail. So many people are scared that, well, what if I fail? Go out and fail. Make mistakes and learn. Yeah. It's like so many people get caught in like paralysis of like, yeah. I know everything I need to do, but I just can't go do it. Yeah. Just get out of your house. Go knock on a door. Go, go to class. Just go do it. Hundred percent. That's fire, dude. That was a, that was a phenomenal why. Well, anyway, brother, it's always a great time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. But uh, yeah, dude, we're gonna keep dropping these episodes. As you guys know, sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're serious. This was definitely like a serious success one. Um, make sure to follow the podcast, subscribe. Um, we're gonna maybe drop the merch. Who knows? I mean, we gotta figure it out. But anyway, guys, thank you so much again for tuning in. Max, can't thank you enough, brother. Thank you for bringing this inside. I know it's gonna be huge for all of our listeners out there. Um, but yeah, once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. I can't thank you guys enough for all the support. The subscribers, we're definitely starting to build steam. Um, and uh, yeah, end of the day, I mean, just to wrap it up here, it's like there's so many takeaways from today that Max brought on. But uh, end of the day, is it's like yeah, I mean, life's short. You know, you get one life. No matter, I don't care what you believe in, you get one life. And it's like, why not try to see what you could become? You know, when you're on your deathbed, I want to die knowing I did every fucking thing possible to experience every drop of life. Like Max says, like, you're not going to get more time. Think about this. I would much, I was talking yesterday with my buddy Jake about this. I'd rather be 20 years old and dirt poor than 90 years old and a billionaire. You know why? Because I'm going to die in a couple of, like, what's the point? Obviously, I want to eventually from 20 to become a billionaire when I'm 90, but I'm just saying that you could pick two lives. Wake up and you're 90 years old or wake up and you're 20, but 20 year broke and 90 year billionaire, I would take 20 because it's the struggle that fucking makes you. You know what I mean? You can take all the money away from a billionaire, but the blueprint's there. You know, they'll be successful no matter what. So life's short. Take the risk. Talk to the girl. Knock the door. Go to the gym. Do whatever you want. Start the business. Um, but yeah, dude, really appreciate all this and uh, we will see you next week, guys.